listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza Radio won't even play my team Yo, what's up? Do we got Canada on the phone line right now or what? I I think so. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say, or is it Western Canada? Western Canada specific, which I appreciate. <laughs> That's what's up. Represent, man. We're international. No, I guess it's not international. Never mind. <laughs> I guess like on paper, you know, a lot of bands are like, oh, we've, you know, going international is maybe going across the the border but um yeah it's a it's a canadian takeover for uh your life in america so i am I'm, I'm stoked to be here man thanks for having me dude for sure it's your life in your life in canada that's what it should have been <laughs> i didn't even think about that till now <laughs> yeah um, little little special iteration for sure um i i feel like i need like a minute or two to recover from that playlist it was so good it was like that was one of the best playlists that anybody has ever made for this show. Like, I'm not just saying that either. It was like, thank you for putting that together. And, um, everyone really enjoyed it. It was great. Dude, that, that means a lot. And yeah, like, uh, I, I'm, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the interview, but you know, a, a huge initial goal with scoped exposure is just to put a spotlight and, you know, pun intended, expose uh, what is going on in Western Canada because we get skipped a lot of the time with, you know, North American tours. You know, bands will only dip up into Toronto or Vancouver. So I, you know, a big initial goal for me was to showcase like, yo, like we got some awesome, awesome bands and scenes up here. And that that playlist is like the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's great. Thank you. I think I even just texted you right now too. Like, <laughs> thanks for putting it together because I need to like broaden my my listening. There's so like so many good bands on that playlist. Um, but all right, let me let the listeners know real quick. Uh, what's up? So what's up to everybody listening on the radio still? Thank you so much for tuning in. We're live on KZAA LP ninety six point five. FM, uh, yeah, that block of music you just heard was put together by uh, Spencer, my guest today. And what's up to everybody who's streaming this episode? Um, that playlist will play as soon as the interview ends on the streaming episode. I also I also have the audio clip to give you uh, artist names and song names. So, um, and yeah, I'm so honored to be joined uh, by Spencer from Scoped Exposure. Let's see if I can get it. The podcast. Uh, documenting shows by video, photography, uh, scoped exposure fest. You're basically the <laughs> you're basically the Canadian uh, Sunny, the Canadian Hate Five Six. <laughs> um, and I know, and you play in you play in more than one band, right? Uh, yeah. So the main project I'm playing in right now is Endgame, which I think is the very last track of that playlist that i sent you yeah. you know a little bit of a you know self-plug which i you know i i'm i'm firm believer in like you know For gotta sure. gotta do that yeah. um 
And um, that's really the main project. Um, I do, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about the best as well, but there was an older band that I used to play in when I lived in Winnipeg called Extract, um, which were, we kind of play every like five years, it seems at this point. <laughs> um, so I guess theoretically I still play in that, but Endgame is the main project. And uh, yeah, like you said, I have my hands on a lot of different things, which seems a little crazy at times, but you know, I just, I really love hardcore and being able to tap into the different things around in the content space, um, which I'm excited to talk about. For sure, man. Yeah, you're definitely like a huge inspiration to me. Um, I mean, I'm like a full thank you, man. Yeah, I'm like a full time student, and I've, I work full time, and you know, go to shows and stuff. But I've been doing the radio show for a while, and I've always been a huge fan and just really inspired by all the cool stuff you do. Um, I think it's it's awesome. That, that means a lot to me. Like, I think it's, it's surreal, honestly, to have anyone in hardcore, like say that I, any actions that I've done have inspired them. Um, cause uh, aside from like what I said before, as far as like, just trying to give back to the scene that raised me in a way, yeah. um, and like try to give back and, and grow the scene and you know, what Sonny has done, I think for Philadelphia and now globally has really affected, um, hardcore overall, obviously like a big inspiration to me. Um, uh, but like the fact that I can inspire anyone to do anything, uh, in hardcore space, whether it's, starting a podcast, filming shows like that, that honestly means the world to me and shows that I'm on the right path of, of doing this stuff. For sure, man. Yeah. Like, and as somebody who I, you know, like any, like making flyers, editing shows, uploading stuff, like, you know, I, I do like a small, I do small portions of those things, but you know, just to see like how good your editing is. And even when you just post about, you know, the podcast you did, the video, like, all the editing and all that stuff, like, I know that that is not, like, it looks really good and, like, it's concrete when you see it, but it's not always, you know, it can be very tedious and time-consuming and, like, it looks clean and a good product when it's done, but I know, like, it takes a lot of hard work, so, you know, much respect to you. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of um, grueling hours, and I think uh, (laughs) something that I've... um, been trying to think about a little bit more is like what are ways that scope can operate um that maybe the heavy lifting doesn't need to fall on my shoulders as much and you know since day one we've always been like a uh like a team like collaborative yeah even though i think especially when the podcast started it started to be a lot of my face because most of the time i was just behind the camera and then i was you know when pandemic first hit i was like running out of live show content so i'm like I'm going to double down on this podcast and then that's become its its own behemoth. So um, balancing the two and trying to like still operate both at like a high output level, like um, like marketing background and a lot of my career is like in that in strategy and building brands and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like for me, scoped exposure always, I wanted it to be like, Originally, it was like, I'm just filming some some, uh, some bands and some friends. And then it was like, I want to put this under a brand. And now I just am trying to build scope exposure as like a hardcore content death start <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's like we can, you know, 
obviously, like if we were to only focus on filming shows, um, you know, I think being able to be as busy or uh, producing at a high quality like Sonny is doing is definitely in there. But I view it more as like, you know, I'm not trying to be the number one in anything when it comes to like hardcore online content. But I like the idea of us being the number two, three, four in hardcore live um, videos, podcasts, photos, um, publications, like anything that you can imagine. So I think that's a strength of ours that we've been able to play in multiple lanes. For sure, man. Yeah, you're you're killing it for sure. And that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I wanted to ask you where exactly in Canada are you calling the radio station from? Yeah, so um, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. Um, so for your American listeners, uh, <laughs> think about where like Montana is and just go north of that. Um, okay. So we're right pretty much on like the main like mountain range. I can drive to like Banff National Park within an hour. Um, so, you know, obviously, uh, you know, before and after as, you know, uh, restrictions and all that are, are letting up here finally. Um, you know, getting a lot of tourists that would come through. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm calling in from. That's what's up. The home of the, the home of the flames, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> it's, um, it, it's been funny when, uh, uh, my band's been practicing two of my members live downtown and sometimes they'll be late to practice because of flames games. And I'm like, Oh, right. That happens. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, uh, it's been, uh, bustling over here for sure. Yeah, you'll have to talk, when you interview Brenna, you'll have to talk to her about the Flames because we talked about the Flames a little bit last week when I had her on the show. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was rocking that jersey for yeah. the set, and uh, <laughs> you know, I think we made a joke uh, before they were playing about like I've gone to shows where I can clearly tell that the you know guitar player or bass player went to like the local team sports memorabilia <laughs> section and just picked out the latest thing but uh her wearing a, a flames jersey uh, definitely comes from a genuine place and uh yeah, yeah shout out to denial for that sure is sick. We, yeah we she totally brought that up too she was like yeah people were asking me if if i just bought this like at a shop next door <laughs> before the show and i had to explain <laughs> to him that i've like been to flames games and stuff it's pretty funny yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, and traditionally, I know a lot of the scoped exposures I've watched and listened to. You, you're a you're a beverage connoisseur, right? I, I got a bev <laughs> ready to go here, man. Okay, and, uh, I've been waiting for you to, to bring it up. <laughs> what are you What are you sipping on? Um, man, I love that you're asking me uh, that. Um, I'm just drinking a, a liquid death. Still, respect. white can um, respect. You know, need a. I've I normally like don't do too like. I'll make my coffee in the morning, and then if I have the car, um, I'll like go out and get a second coffee. But very rarely, I'll make a second like pot of coffee. So I did that today because I need to kind of really bunker down. Um, and I was like, I am feeling the caffeine jitters, so I need <laughs> yeah. to just hydrate uh for sure so I, I i have you on speakerphone so your listeners can hear me crack the uh the can <laughs> dang i already cracked mine but yeah crack it all right three two one. Oh man that was good i hope your <laughs> your mic picked that up. it did it did for sure <laughs> that was legit um 
I didn't think about it. I already, I already cracked mine, but okay, I'm drinking something that is, uh, you know. Yeah, tell me what you got. Uh, okay, so low, like, uh, if if you grew if you grew up as a kid in Southern California and maybe your family didn't have that much money, and I don't, we you drink Shasta. Now I don't know if they have Shasta in Canada. It's like the off-brand no, soda. No, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Okay. I'm unfamiliar and I'm the king of devs, so I need to do some research. <laughs> okay, Shasta is like the off-brand soda that you buy. Like, you know, you go to the store and you can buy like the off-brand cereal. So that's what Shasta sure. is. And they make a, a flavor called Tiki Punch. And um, it's really nostalgic. And it's like carbonated Hawaiian punch. Yeah. <laughs> I like that sounds it's just very strange that it's like, it's clearly, it seems self-aware that's, that it's an off-brand so, soda with the name Shasta. Like, yeah. it almost sounds like Shaft and like, I don't know. I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it, it, it tastes any, uh, any certain way, but I think just the name itself is like very self-aware that it's not the, the real deal, more expensive thing. Yeah, it's not top tier in the soda industry, that's for sure. But yeah. I wanted to get something special, and Tiki Punch is, a lot of people in California, like, it's like a nostalgic drink, uh, the Tiki Punch. It's like an aqua can, and it's got a little guy surfing on it, and it's like carbonated Hawaiian punch. That's all it is. So, cheers. <laughs> so, cheers, man. And I I hope that the, the first time that we get to link up in person, that you're bringing me one of these so i can try it oh, I right got you. in front of you yeah i got you I'll, I'll try to i appreciate that it's so much better cold too so yeah no no doubt for sure um mm -hmm. that's that's the thing if i'm filming a fest or my band is playing a show i don't want people to bring me like food i just want them to bring me beverages that they really uh that they're about and you know bless me that way but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up that's what's up um Okay, the other thing I wanted to say is um, most – it's cool because, like, we've interviewed some of the same people. Um, I can't I, – I didn't, like, write them all down, but, like, I've had Seb from Regulate on um, – God, I can't think of any of the other ones off the top of my head. But I don't know if he interviewed the Change guys, but I've had Chris and Aram on. Um, and I know we've interviewed some of the same people, which I think is really cool. And I don't usually get to interview an interviewer. So I just wanted to say that mm. it's really awesome. You're on the other side of the mic today, you know? Yeah, it's um, it, it's very funny because when I'm doing a podcast, um, I, I don't know. I don't get as nervous. Like, I think some of the bigger guests that I've started to land, it's like, oh, like this is an interview that really matters. And I got to really like kill it. Um, but I don't know. I get more nervous when I'm being interviewed, even though like <laughs> I am like, I know that I do a good job or I, at least I'd like to think that, but I don't know. I feel like I get more nervous when I'm on the receiving end, you know, versus, you yeah. know, doing, conducting the interview. For sure. Yeah. I know what you mean about like, you know, the, sh my show started out as just a local community radio show that played hardcore once a week. And then I just, when the pandemic started, I just started reaching out to bands and kind of just took off from there. And I got to, uh, you know, I've interviewed like uh, Brian from Incendiary and I've done like, I mean, to me, like, you know, bigger, bigger bands or whatever. Um, like I had uh, Gary from Kill Your Idols and Sheer Tear on and just, I guess, people that I really like always looked up to. And I definitely get nervous, too. But the biggest one was I interviewed uh, Danny Trejo. 
and uh oh yeah <laughs> so like and i wanted to like you know so i was like oh let's do a zoom and uh i was so nervous to interview like i was like so nervous and i was like yeah. just sitting in the studio like by myself you know what i mean i'm like god this is weird there's like nobody around but i feel so nervous you know <laughs> um you said that uh uh, you interviewed the guy from Change. You mean a Ram, right? Yeah, it was it was a Ram and Chris, both of them. Oh, okay. So here here's a little fun fact for you. So my day to day job is I produce a Ram's uh, business podcast. Oh, nice. Uh, so I've been doing that for the last um, year or so, and uh, you know, so like doing the stoke podcast it allows me to be in the hot seat of like being the host and conducting the interview and all that but uh in the sake of a rams podcast uh i'm i'm doing the production uh the, the guest prep work and all that i still get to like build those skill sets through my work that i can bring it into um the scope podcast as well um but like literally like interview or did a pre-interview with someone who has like 2.2 million followers on Instagram <laughs> and I don't know how we've landed them, but it was just like such a great casual conversation. And I think she said something to the effect of, I don't need to do press. So I only will do these kinds of things when it's actually like enjoyable for me. And this has been like a really fun call for us. So it's, it's, it's very like funny that you brought uh, a Ram up and, you know, uh, I think it's like, kind of known that I'm doing that now, but I'm not like pushing that as much, but you know, <laughs> no, that's Rambo awesome. is shouting me on, on the podcast. So, yeah, no, it was, it was great for me to interview those guys. Um, I grew up, uh, like, you know, betrayed and sore subject, but champion was, you know, those like some of my favorite bands growing up. And so to interview those guys was like, it, it was really, really cool for me. And I was just hanging at Chris, from change uh moved chris williams he moved to california so i was just hanging out with him last weekend and um it's still, oh yeah 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 it's he was he came to one of our local shows here last weekend and yeah it's still a trip to me to you know because i had like that promises kept last champion show dvd and i used to watch it like every night <laughs> and they're like they all interview <laughs> on there and i <laughs> so every time i see him still i'm like dude it's so cool to like be able to hang out with you but um yeah that's that's awesome that you produced the pod. Um, I remember there was an interview with Denon Porter from D12 on there, right? Yeah, so I think that interview um, was one of the first ones when I was, like, first coming in. So I wasn't sitting in on the call there. But, yeah, uh, we, we've been able to, to get some, some big fish. And, I, you know, I, a goal of a Rams bringing me into the picture because – you know, I had him on the Scope podcast. We got to just stay connected ever since then, and I think we just really vibed with one another. And then he uh, just called me out of the blue, and he's like, what are you doing for work right now? And I'm like, I'm taking photos of houses for real estate, and I hate my, <laughs> my life right now. And, and then uh, he offered me a job, and, you know, we've been, uh, we've been at it for the last year, and it's, it, it's honestly been surreal. Uh, That's awesome, man. Just getting to connect with people that he's known for 20 plus years. And for me, it's like, you know, Chris Wren uh, from Bridge Nine was a guest that we had on a couple of months ago. But like the fact that I got to even speak to him and I have his phone number now through, <laughs> through so work cool. is like, 
insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love to hear that, man. It's, it's cool. Cause I'm the same way. Like, um, yeah, bridge nine was, was the label, man. When I was in high school and getting into hardcore bridge nine was kind of like, maybe like triple B is now in a way like bridge nine was like the label for sure. Dude, dude, without like the releases for like, bands like backtrack like you and i would probably not be on a call right now like <laughs> sure yeah exactly that formative yep 100 percent. yeah there's like a lot of a lot of younger because I, I guess i'm getting kind of old now i'm 30 but like a lot of younger you know younger friends i have and stuff they're kind of like oh bridge nine like you know they're like irrelevant and i'm like dude there would be like no there'd be there wouldn't be a lot of stuff without bridge nine so shout out to bridge nine Totally. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you want to get to some of your questions, but I, uh, I just want to say, like, I was thinking about this today that like, um, hardcore changes so much year after year. And I think if someone like is on a quote unquote, like hardcore hiatus and they're like, you know, maybe they are focusing on career stuff or they're just not going to show this as, as much like the, the, the top, 10 current bands that people are talking about the top record labels, the top people like making videos or doing a zine that can change so dramatically, even just in like two years time, like pandemic or not. And I think that is like so crazy. And you know, it's, you know, when we put up the, the, uh, the scope five year announcement, like so many people that are stoked to see strife, uh, in Canada, because they haven't played here in forever, um, they they have no idea like any of the other bands that are playing because they haven't <laughs> gone to shows in like you know, ten years or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's like super cool to you know be tapped in and just like focused on just seeing how things evolve and change at at kind of like a really fast rate at this point in time in in hardcore. Yeah, no, for sure, hardcore is in like an extremely wonderful and incredible place right now. It's, it's, it's so amazing. There's so many good bands. I can't even keep up with it. Um, okay. Yeah. So if you want to like, just give, I know we kind of covered it already, but if, if you, for just people who might not exactly know, um, if you want, if how you would just describe like what, what scoped exposure is, I know you kind of, um, described it already, but just like, you know, a general like overview of what exactly it is. Yeah. So I think originally like, um, you know, I've always had a camera of some kind in my life, um, making videos, just anything from like doing a claymation, like Knox's corner kind of thing to like, you know, something else, uh, Shout out to my dog in the background. Barking yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was doing, so when I was thinking about doing anything, I was like, um, hey, let's be quiet. We're doing an interview. I'm just going to go to the other room. It's all good. Um, no worries. So when I was, yeah, that's the thing with my podcast too, is that like, I hated that I just had like these barking dogs in the background, but then it just became like kind of a meme. And then I just kind of keep it in. Yeah, that's what's but up. To answer your question, um, so yeah, Scope started, I was like, I just wanted to do something in addition to playing in bands to give back to my scene. Um, and I saw that shows were kind of being filmed, but not in the way that I was used to watching it on something like 856 or 197. 
So I just picked up camera. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like set up an audio recorder in the back of the room and did my stuff, lined it up and people really dug it because that didn't really exist in uh, the Western Canada space. And I wanted to keep it focused on that. Um, and I think as it grew, it's like, oh, now we can tap into filming bands and other scenes and doing things like that. Um, but I think the ultimate goal forever is and will be like, you know, we can film a band like Scowl at Promcore in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but then the fact that anyone could see that video and start to follow us and know that there's a presence in Western Canada um, and like, you know, start to find the bands that I see on a regular basis because they're following now, that's kind of the, the overall goal. And I think with, um, you know, starting with the videos, it just became like, oh, this is really cool. And then wanting to add other elements like, the podcast and then we did like a weekly monthly you know exchange iterations uh as far as updating it but we would do a spotify playlist and feature different bands yeah. and i think it just started to for lack of a better term like spiral out of control because i'm an ideas guy and i just love just coming up with these crazy ideas and then trying to execute them because a lot of the crazy ideas that I have tried to execute actually had worked out. Um, And that could be anything from trying to get a big person on a podcast to filming a fest to, you know, having strife play in Calgary. So I think hardcore um, has given me a lot and has uh, allowed me to like do some like very, and, and just have really cool opportunities. And I've been able to do all of that, essentially through doing scope exposure. So um, that's like kind of a broad uh, overview, but I think the the one thing I'll end it on, which is kind of like the new slogan that I'm trying to tag it in, is um, scope exposure is documenting DIY. And that could be filming shows, that could be documenting a band's career, like where they're at at that specific time through an interview on the podcast uh, or, or anything else. So... Document DIY is kind of the um, the mission. For sure. Yeah, that, I think that definitely encompasses everything. Um, thanks for breaking that down. I appreciate that. Um, of course. And then, yeah, just like any any current stuff you want to coming up that you can or would like to share about, um, you know, anything. And then if you want to talk a little bit about the five-year fest, congratulations on that also. It's, it's so cool that you can put together um, – like a five-year anniversary fest, dude. Like that's, that's so cool. And then not to mention like the lineup you have is insane. Um, but, um, yeah, if you want to just any current stuff you got coming up and then just talk a little bit about the fest. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll do the fest first and then I'll kind of tie that into some other stuff. Cause that's sure. really the big project of the year. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, we did a, a one-year anniversary that, wasn't really like us planning anything. We kind of got just kind of added on last minute to a degree. Um, And uh, we have a new podcast series that a friend of mine, uh, her name is Jessa and I are doing where it's a little bit less like an interview and more just like conversations about stuff. So um, probably by the time, well, unless this is out as far as, as soon as we're done talking about it, uh, we're dropping it on Friday tomorrow about like talking about 
the history of all these quote unquote anniversaries that we've been doing. Nice. So like the first year was kind of like, you know, just kind of a coincidence kind of thing. The second year was like an intentional, like we're booking dare and no right to come through and play with some locals. Third anniversary, nothing happened because of COVID. Yeah. The fourth year we did just like a pop-up kind of thing. Cause shows still weren't kind of happening yet. And then obviously like anniversary, or year five, it was like, well, we want to do something big and, uh, you know, wanted to have bands that like have been supportive of me, like kind of since day one. Cause I always, I always think about like the initial crossing of paths, whether that's like me catching a band at a fest or maybe they're coming on the podcast. Um, so I wanted to really support and like feature the people that have like really rode for me, like in the early days when I arguably didn't know what I was doing. Um, and also feature some like amazing current acts like tsunami and scowl and karma and, and ingrown. Um, so that's kind of like the, the five year as a whole, as far as why we're doing that. Um, other projects, uh, I mentioned like we have a, a new series within our podcast universe. Um, we're calling it through our lens, which is again, it's less about like talking with a specific person in a band about something timely that's happening within hardcore. And it's a little bit more like news, like imagine like kind of newscaster, like where we're kind of covering different things and it's the same recurring, uh, co-hosts. So nice. that's something that's a little bit new to that. Um, and I think maybe the last thing that I can say that I haven't uh, I haven't announced yet, but I'll use this as a little bit of a teaser. Um, uh, I'm going to be launching a Patreon uh, really soon, and I was really hesitant to like ask any like ask for any money when it came to doing this stuff because <laughs> sure, yeah. you know I I I talked with Sonny a bit when he launched his, and you know like obviously like he's the he's pioneered so much of just how we consume online video content and i just wanted to make sure that i could at least do half of the amount of time that he <laughs> did uh before kind of doing that ass but i think that there's been enough things happening where it's like just very apparent that i need to um get additional help and that would mean either um, getting more people like that can do scoped even on a part-time basis that I can compensate to, you know, stay focused on that yeah. when I can focus a little bit more on like bigger projects. Um, so again, going back to what we said earlier in the conversation, like alleviating me from some of the grunt work of like editing a set or like doing the scheduling and doing a little bit more of like the bigger like strategy, like, you know, how, how many beverage sponsors can I focus on getting for the podcast? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, <laughs> don't have time to do that right now, unfortunately. But, you know, if if the Patreon goes well, um, you know, I might be. And then we can, uh, you know, do that. Yeah, dude, that's what's up. I think it's it's I, I feel like every story of something that becomes successful or something that becomes fulfilling is like just starting it on your own and just doing and just, you know, doing it because you love it and doing it for kind of like altruistic reasons, just for the, for the love of it. And then, you know, just putting in the work and putting in the hours and the days and the years 
And then you reach a point where you're like, okay, I've created this really cool thing. Now I'm going to, you know, now I, I could use some help to make it a little bit easier. You know, like, I feel like that's, that you know, like that's, that's appropriate or like, you know, but if you're like rolling into day one of your project, like, like, all right, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that, but you know, I need to get someone to like pay to edit the clips or something. If you're doing that, like on day one, then I feel like the, the, like the impact or the effectiveness of the journey to get where you are now is kind of missed, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, um, from people that I look up to in like more entrepreneurial business kind of stuff, it's, it's really about like, like just building up like, uh, an, an actual audience. And, you know, obviously I'm not expecting, you know, I think I have this time of doing the interview. There's like six, 6,300 people that are following us on Instagram. I know when I post, Hey, we're doing a Patreon. I don't expect 6,300 people to be rushing to a thing to throw me, you know, $5 (laughs) or whatever. But I do think that like, um, showing up and doing something and having that come from a good place, I think people nowadays can really sniff out like when something isn't coming from a good place and when it actually is. So I, I think I've, just had that reservation of like, Oh, is anyone at like, just do people actually care about scoped exposure enough to like help us get to like a, a new chapter of being able to like do more without it actually like just being so overwhelming to me because, you know, like I I've gotten messages from people like, I don't know how you do like two podcasts a week. And you know, like I can only do like one a month and you know, it's, it's not because I have a secret thing of like, Oh, I'm going to do these things. And then I'm going to start this Patreon and do all this stuff. Like I genuinely like love this music scene and I love filming. Like I feel like so like out of place when I'm at a show and I'm, I'm and I don't have a camera in my hand. <laughs> it is like, it is very weird. Like, and, and you know, there's been times where Endgame is playing a show and um, Jordan, shout out to Jordan. He's uh, one of the other guys on, on the scope team that helps me produce my podcast and film. Sometimes I'll just have him film the bands because it's like a one camera setup and, you know, he's super down to do that. And I can't, like, <laughs> like holding a camera and filming a band helps me actually, like, be in one place yeah. and focus on something. When I don't have that, I'm literally, like, I watch a band from, like, this area of the stage for, like, 30 seconds and then I move to the other area and then I go to the bathroom and then I go to like to the back. It's like, so it, it's very, I've become very self-aware that I need that to like, like stay in one place yeah, just to, to a degree. Yeah, and it just sense. allows me to like, yeah, it, it, like filming bands has just allowed me to have that entry point into having these, um, uh, just relationships. Cause I, think I really struggled at the beginning getting into hardcore when it came to like making connections because I, I need what we're doing right now. I need that like one-on-one like back and forth. And I find sometimes when you go to a show, it can just be very like, yo man, what's up? You know, you, you talk (laughs) like surface level stuff and then you're bouncing to the next person. And I needed something more than that. And that's what I've been able to do with the podcast and, and filming that. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, 
I'm I'm the same kind of way. Um, show show conversation can be can be yeah. It's totally like one person to another, and like it's yeah. I totally know what you mean. Um, okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit. You you get to ask people questions all the time about their background and and all that stuff. So. I wanted to give you the opportunity to be on the other side of that a little bit. Um, right. And kind of just ask you about like, if you're, uh, if you're born and raised in Canada um, and kind of just like what your life was like growing up and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so I grew up in Winnipeg, which again, for the American listeners, uh, just imagine throwing a bullseye at the Canadian map because uh, Winnipeg is essentially right in the middle of Canada, okay. um, just north of like the, the, the North and South Dakota. Um, so yeah, I had a pretty, you know, pretty chill upbringing. Uh, when you were told me like, please don't swear for the, for the podcast, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to channel my super conservative, like Christian upbringing. And just like when I wasn't allowed to, you know, drop any kind of bombs. Uh, but yeah, yeah it was like, uh, pretty chill. Um, my, I'm kind of the, you know, my, my parents were into music. Like my mom was always like singing in the house and, you know, I would like, when I would see my grandparents, my grandma always had like an ABBA like tape in her old car. And that was like nice. the only thing that we'd listen to. Um, but when it came to heavy music, it was definitely through like, again, like the Christian bubble. It was like, Oh, I can't, like I was like, I'm gonna listen to Slipknot, but like I'll also listen to like Asley Dying and Devil Wears <laughs> Prada, yeah, and like Hundredth and Gideon and and all those kind of bands, um, and then kind of broaden out. And I and I'm definitely the byproduct of a lot of those. Like we came from the Face Down Records days. Um, that was a big deal, but man. I would like, oh, dude. I <laughs> think it's very underrated as far as yeah. like the amount of. Uh, hardcore kids that exist today because of bands like uh like means or under oath or things like that like it's uh it's uh immeasurable in my opinion yeah no i agree for sure um yeah it's funny that you bring up face down because i grew up in uh this town called corona in southern california and we had a venue the showcase theater. And it was like, it was basically mm -hmm. like people call it like the CBs of the West coast. And you know, which is crazy. Cause I grew up like a 10 minute skate from there. And you know, at the time it was just like where we went, you know, weeknights, weekends, and there were shows all the time, but you know, like Oh five, Oh six, Oh seven face down was originated not far from there. And it was like every week, dude, there was, you know, that then all the local bands were trying to follow that sound. And it was, I just remember being like, it was a huge thing, you know, you know, it was like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was a huge thing. That's, that's cool to hear that you, you know, that you're kind of in, not influenced, but you know, that you listen to that stuff growing up. Yeah. I think, uh, when you were sending me the questions, like one of my, uh, like my very first, like true hardcore experience, um, was, there was a band from up here called Means. They're on Face Down, um, but like definitely like born and bred in the Western Canada space. It was their final tour in 2008, and I went to the show with a friend whose brother was in one of the opening bands. And seeing like kids pile on top of one another 
in a church, in literally a church basement, <laughs> trying to grab the mic and PA speakers are falling over and I'm catching it with all these strangers. That was like, that was the initial seed that got planted of like, there's community and passion and just like an, an uncontrollable energy that you can't replicate anywhere else. And I, I definitely think if I wasn't at that event, uh, again, like we definitely wouldn't be talking here on the phone. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that was definitely the, uh, the initial, um, uh, thing that really put me on, on the path that I'm on. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I, it's funny that, you know, I, I had a, I had seen a couple, like I, I came up going to like a lot of street punk shows, like drunk punk stuff, like the virus and a global threat <clears throat> and, uh, the unseen and kind of like bands like that. I was really into that stuff before I found hardcore. And, um, I had been to a couple house shows and stuff, but the first like real, um, hardcore, hardcore show I saw was in, I think it was, it was either, I think it was 2006, um, and ceremony played the showcase theater and I had like listened to them a little bit, like through their MySpace or <laughs> whatever, you know? And right. um, at that time they only had like, you know, violence, violence was the only thing they had out. Um, I don't think the scared people EP was out yet. And it was like, I remember feeling the same way. Like people were diving off the balcony. Ross was wearing like just these like Daisy Duke, like Dickies and like nothing else, like no shoes, nothing. And, uh, people, it was just insane. Yeah. Everyone's like grabbing for the mic and piling on top of each other. And I was like, I had only seen circle pits before that, <laughs> you know, like, which, which are cool. But, um, I definitely had like a similar first show experience in a way, you know? Mm, so it's, yeah, it's funny you bring up circle pits because it's like, I think five years ago, getting a circle pit going was like, yeah, it, it wasn't a tall order. Now it feels like you're literally asking the world of, of people to do that. Dude, it's, di- it's, di- it's dying. It's dying, man. <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah, be- it's funny I, I don't be- know if a worse problem at shows is the horseshoe scenario <laughs> or the lack of, of, of circle pit willingness. Dude. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's funny because like the, you know, people doing vocals in bands, like they want the circle pit, especially when they, when the fast parts come in, they're like, all right, circle pit, you know, especially in California because the fast parts aren't going away. <laughs> so like people are going to start not writing fast music if there's no circle pit. So like everyone listening, the next show you go to and someone says circle pit, just remember this conversation and yeah. Do do your due diligence to keep circle pits alive. I know. Please. Yeah, I mean, I came up circle pitting. Now I'm like, I'll just two step and stage dive because that seems like less work. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, and it's I okay. Sorry, we're we're hitting on circle pits right now. Yeah, but, let's do it. Um, I I think because of like, oh, I'm running around in a circle. If everyone commits a giant circle pit looks way cooler than like four people two-stepping Agreed. and like three of them are like kind of like loosey-goosey like it's not on point yeah but like it it circle pitting is super accessible and i feel like needs to be given a fair shot so 
I agree. Yeah, I was at a show. Last, I was at a show last weekend, um, and a big circle pit did break open, which I was stoked for and uh, surprised about. And I did. It was funny. I looked back and I was like, "Oh my god, this looks so sick!" You know what I mean, it's like it was like it's just like this mass of people. Like I was like, "God, I forgot how cool this looks," you know. I I hope that us talking about circles for five minutes makes one person maybe think about think about that stage move a little bit differently so that's what's up um but yeah if you want to just like say a little bit about um you know like where where you live um you know in calgary um kind of just like what the culture's like there maybe just what what you like about it kind of what if you can think of how it might be a little different from like american cities or just you know like kind of or just what you what you love about where you live <clears throat> totally excuse me um so uh i again growing up in winnipeg it's kind of like the it's 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 within what's called the prairies of canada and there's kind of like to, to paint the picture uh geographically like there's a joke where if if someone robbed you in winnipeg and like took your wallet and and took off with it um you would essentially watch them steal from you um for like 20 minutes it's just like <laughs> the flattest part of the country okay so there's not lo- summer people are going like driving 10 or 10 minutes an hour out to like you know a lake or a cabin or something like that um over here in calgary you know we're so close to the mountains so we can like drive out there and you're literally in like a postcard and it's uh amazing if you're into hiking so um the reason moving out here was half like um my wife's family is in edmonton which is the capital city uh and like just north of uh, Calgary, but I wanted to see if we could live in Calgary because, you know, uh, the scene here was like just really hot um, and still is at the time. Um, you know, also we, we have like a regional fest that happens here called Wilder's Hardcore Fest. So I wanted to be close to that, um, you know, for filming and also just in, in attendance. Um, so we essentially landed here and, um, you know, something that I can mention as far as like, you know, the layout of Western Canada is, uh, and like I mentioned a little bit earlier, there is, uh, we get skipped a lot when it comes to like bands who want to tour North America or, you know, they'll just not come here at all. And I understand why. And the big reason that a lot of, uh, tours don't route through here is that it's, um, all the cities are like a long driving distance away from one another. So, you know, the next major city aside from going North to Edmonton would be either going through the mountains into Kelowna or you're driving to Regina, which either way is at least eight hours. So you don't have like the benefit of being in like the, you know, being in California where you can drive one hour to an entirely new hardcore scene that has (laughs) all those stuff. So, um, it's definitely like, I understand, but at the same time, I am doing my part, I believe to like showcase, like, Hey, if you come here, there's all these kids, there's all these cool bands that are playing here. Um, we go off for people that make the drive up, you know, denial of life, you know, uh, you know, having Brenna on, like, I thank 
her and the rest of the band uh, almost like eternally just because like they had all their own like band, you know, uh, you know, van issues yeah. and, you know, losing it. And like, it didn't stop them from doing that. And I think anytime any band makes the trip out, like there's, there was two bands. Um, the names of the bands are Lopsaria and blessing. And they are from like a random Ontario town. So on the total opposite side of the country, they came just to play Calgary and Edmonton. Um, I, I don't know why they decided to just like drive all the way here and do that, but <laughs> I make a point to mention that. And also like, just say that like when any band comes through here, we remember, we try to show the bands a good time so that even if they're going back to Ontario or California or somewhere in the Midwest that like, you know, you know, they, if they have a good time, they'll tell all their friends in other bands and then they'll come back, you know? So, you know, we wanted to be very apparent even when we did the scope two year back in 2019, like when dare and no right are going back to their respective scenes, like we want it just to be so apparent to them. They're like, you know, they're going to talk to their 10 other best friend bands and hopefully one of those bands will want to do a tour up here. So um, I understand that, you know, we don't have the benefit of having a ton of hype scenes that are within an hour to two hours drive of one another. But I feel like there's a lot of dedicated people who really love hardcore and really want to fly the flag um, when, when bands, you know, uh, see that. And I, and I see the, like, you know, scoped is turning five and I definitely have seen the, um, the fruits of, of my labor with some of those things, even if it's like small, like I do see that progression happening. So it keeps me going for sure. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, I'm, and, and a lot of people will hear you say that and hopefully can spark some motivation. I'll definitely tell all my friends and bands down here um, to make their way up there. And it just even more of a shout out to DOL, man, for, for doing that after all the stuff oh, you know, they went through. And then like, yeah, and that was what Brenda did say. Like, yeah, it's just a long drive in between cities. <laughs> but um, I mean, dude, it's yeah. Shout out to them for for going up there and and um, and playing and and thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, and and I think that applies to anyone who's in a smaller scene that's maybe in a flyover state or it's just in a, in a spot that's just a little bit more isolated. I. I'm a firm believer in life that like we don't choose the cards um, that we get to play uh, that are dealt to us. We just get to choose how we play with them. So for us, it's like, yeah, like it might be a shitty hand not being able to, you know, have, you know, you know, especially with gas prices being so high right now, like can't control (laughs) that, but we can control what we do as far as like, you know, putting on for bands, um, you know, putting the word out, asking bands to come up, um, you know, and I think it's just, it's so easy not to do any of that. And then I've seen where scenes just like literally like Thanos snap disappear, um, uh, because no one was, uh, putting in work because nothing happens without putting in any amount of work. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, so I wanted to go back real quick to, um, you mentioned the, the show. I just off the top of my head thought uh, Sleeping Giant was another one of those <laughs> Uh, face down bands oh, that, I, that I messed with hard when I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I've 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 thought about asking Tommy to to come on on the podcast. Dude, you should. That'd be epic. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Sleeping Giant was great. Um, Looking Gideon forward. was definitely one of. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of of other. There was definitely a lot of. Uh, face down bands that I listened to at the time that like looking back, I was like, Oh, there's like maybe only one good song or like <laughs> yeah. some of it is a little cringe. Um, I was a big plea for purging fan as well. I think that they were on face down. Um, yeah, just yeah, very, very underrated <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask, so you mentioned the show in the church basement, if, was that the first? Yes. Was that the first like actual hardcore show that you had that you went to? Yeah, like I had gone to like co- like concerts and like uh, a pop punk gig here or there, but that was like this is you know bands playing fast parts that are trying to encourage people to circle pit, like slam dancing, two stepping. Like it, and I think the thing that really, really sealed the deal for me is like I'd never seen someone desperately climb over another person to sing uh, a series of of lyrics. You know, uh, like, it gives me chills. I never That's really like, seen that before. Yeah, it's so cool. That's like, yeah, I know it's it's so special. I I uh, there's nothing like it in the world. You know, it's like. And it's cool because you know I can get into a band and and um, ha- that have songs that are meaningful to me that the, you know the lyrics are meaningful. I love you know the, them sonically, and then it's like okay, I can go see this band in a room like the size of my living room, and like if I want to, probably sing like every other line of all these songs that I love. <laughs> it's like, and it's in you know people like people of fans of other music don't get to do that, you know. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think it was like definitely coming up a little bit through when I, like before the heavier side of things, you know, I was listening to a lot of like pop punk and, you know, with, you know, again, the face down stuff brought the, as I dying, the metal core kind of side. Um, but I think it was honestly through memes, which definitely was in like the melodic hardcore kind of sphere. And I definitely like, ate that up like like it was candy just because it was the perfect blend of like had the fast raw like hardcore side but it also had like the meaningful like why behind writing stuff and and whether that band was like on a christian label or they weren't but they still wrote like positively so it was anything from like listening to hundreds back before they were a shoegaze band to like no bragging rights or um uh, there was a band from the UK that I really, really liked uh, called Landscapes um, that kind of played in that same vein. So uh, I've always like had a, a soft side for melodic anything. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then over time, it was. I think after I listened to TUI, I was just like, oh, I understand <laughs> the like super raw like pop sound that that hardcore provides. For sure. Yep. I I totally relate to that. Um, 
I also I wanted to ask you about um, like if you have any any favorite live shows that you've seen or if there's been any uh, shows that you've documented that have that have stood out to you from all the time you've been doing it. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is like a selfish reason of why I do scoped is that I have a very public facing like hardcore resume and it's not even like to show other people but it's for these kind of moments where people are talking about shows or standout moments like I'm a visual person so like the fact that I can have a checkpoint of like oh yeah like I filmed this show and it was um it was crazy so I think one that definitely stands out to me it's really tough because there's the obvious ones of like it was at this giant fest and people were going off but then there's like the i saw this band and no one knew about them and they had a crazy response and then they like have not played a show since. so i'll give you i'll give <laughs> you one of i'll give you one of each um i think seeing um seeing uh so there's a band from Minneapolis. They played their last show um, at Snow and Flurry 2019. It was the last festival that we played before the pandemic hit, uh, played, filmed. Uh, so Warfare War was playing their final set. Very, like, staple Minneapolis band. Um, and it was bananas. It was just like, I, I had known Alex, the drummer, and he was ecstatic when he found out that I was coming down to, to film the fest and their last set. And, um, you know, just like, I think it, I'm mentioning it because it's not like a band that I know a lot of listeners or even you would probably even know about, but just like seeing all this, like, like people going off for them and then like other people just like hugging people in between sets because it was like that emotional for a lot of people for sure was like so special. And, and I think that's the thing that I'm recognizing when I come into, um, someone else's, you know, local scene that I'm the, I am the, the rookie or the person just coming out of, I am, I'm the fresh, you know, fish in that pond, so to speak. Um, being able to be entrusted with like documenting and like preserving those moments is like something I do not take for granted and like think is so um humbling of a like of a responsibility so like being able to capture that set was like really really amazing uh just it was like all good vibes and just one that i'm really happy that i got to see and and film um the ones that are like again like it's more of just a selfish thing because i i believe there's like so much serendipity and in hardcore where it's like you could see a band and then they break up and that's like the last time that they'll ever exist or yeah. the bands will do uh, like surprise sets at fests or, you know, anything, anything like that. So um, there's a band, I'm sure a lot of people listening, uh, if you like hardcore, you probably know about the band Ingrown from Boise, Idaho. Shout out. Um, yep. Mem Members of Ingrown um, had a side project band called Swarm Beating. Swarm Beating played a fest in Vancouver that I was filming called the DPK uh, five-year anniversary. And I think it's like their second or third set ever. 
And it's like, it's total opposite of what ingrown is. Ingrown's like super fast, like power violence with just like craziness. Yeah. Swarm beating is like just the most ignorant beat down that you can imagine. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. Like, and the minute that they started playing, it was just like, I don't, I can't even, like, it was so crazy. And ever since that set, um, the band broke up, at least to my knowledge that they're not a band anymore. And I've been like, just punishing every person that I can be like, yo, can, can we have a swarm beating return? Can we do this? <laughs> and it's, so it's like one of those, again, things where it's like, I kind of knew about the band. I try my best not to like, quote unquote, like research and like listen to the music so I can like make the set look better. Cause I, <laughs> I love the raw reaction when I'm filming a band at times um, and kind of guessing like, Oh, are they going to do this? And I try to match it with my camera angle. And then it's like, um, it's just like, that feels, uh, that feels great when I can kind of like predict yeah. that. But yeah, it was like, it was kind of like seeing a unicorn and then like I put it up and then that ba- and then it, that band isn't doing anything. And so <laughs> that's been something that I really like again about this whole thing where I can visually see pretty much like 90% of what I have experienced in hardcore in, you know, one place through the channel. Um, and there's honestly like hundreds of other things that I could bring up, um, you know, on this call, but you know, I want, I want to make sure that we hit on everything that you want to, but those would be the, the top two, I would say. Thanks for, thanks for sharing those, um, sharing about those shows and documenting those shows. Um, Mm -hmm. So the last thing, because time like flies when I'm doing these things, but um, the last thing I wanted yeah, to... I, I feel like we could we could go <laughs> for another hour if we wanted to. I know, to. but the cool thing about this show is that we're on radio, so it's like, you know, there's so many hardcore podcasts and stuff like that. So I feel, I feel, I always feel cool that when I can hit up a band or a band reaches out to me or someone reaches out to me, I, I can always throw in that added element like, Hey, we're actually going to be like live on the radio. So some people are like, yeah, it, it's, it's a cool. little weird because I, I think it's really cool too. And I applaud you for, for doing that because like I've thought about it too, where eventually like, um, sorry, I know you have like one last question and I'm just, no. I'm just enjoying my time with you. Dude, we're good. Um, Go for it. We're all good. So the last kind of year end thing that I've started to do is like this thing called the Scopies, which is kind of like the hardcore award show. So Dude, like Scopies were, I jokingly did it. Scopies were awesome. I voted on everything. Such a cool idea. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. So like this past year, 2021, I actually made it like people could vote and we did like a, you know, a reaction to all that. But I think for this coming year, 2022, I, I want to do that podcast live. Um, and people can like actually tune in. Like I, I'm going to plan to rent like a tux and just like actually look like, you know, it's a professional (laughs) award show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I can have like people call in to like present the award. So you would have, anyone from like Brian of knock loose presenting breakout band of the year to like, (laughs) 
you know, uh, Seb from regulate being like most energetic mosher award goes to. So, um, <laughs> dude, yeah, you know, that, that's something I've been thinking a little bit about. Uh, but the, the aspect of live, I think sometimes feels daunting to people. Cause they're like, Oh, what if I say something like out of pocket or whatever? Um, uh, but I, I hope to be doing that at least dipping my toe into that for the Scopies this year. So you can hold me to that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. The Scopies were, the Scopies were so cool. Yeah. Our, our station is in like a historical landmark uh, community center in the town that I live in. And so it's pretty like DIY, like it's, we don't, you know, it's the, we have old equipment and you know, stuff's going out all the time. So we don't have like in live internet streaming, presence which is unfortunate because people can't really listen live but i get the i get everything done and uploaded to all the streaming things like as soon as i can afterwards um but yeah thank you so much again for for coming on i did want to ask you because i never get to talk to other people who do as many freaking interviews as i do <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like i you know um because i've done a lot like i i mean you know I've been for for a while now, so I know I you know what it's like, but I just wanted to ask you about like what do you enjoy about doing interviews? Like, how do you go about setting them up? Um, is there any favorite interviews that you've done um, over the years that you can remember? Yeah, so I think I uh, partially answered um, a little early on where I was like. I like doing the podcast because it allows me to have like a really deep and in-depth conversation with someone that I like true, like truly admire in hardcore um, for whatever reason on a one-to-one basis that like I wouldn't get if I was at a show that they were playing or they were, you know, booking. Cause like no one's got time for that. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I really think um, this, this has been very cool to be able to allow people to, you know, not only like tell their story, you know, like some, something that I've noticed too, is that like, there's definitely a lot of people within the scene who like, they're a hardcore podcast person, you know, they're on everything, they're yeah. doing all the things. <laughs> I've noticed and, that too. Uh, and that's, and that's great. Cause you know, there's a reputation that when I put out uh, an interview with, you know, Tyler, um, from, uh, you're the knife or gridiron, like a lot of people like to hear him speak. Totally, uh, and yeah. he's done a, you know, he's done a lot of different things. So there's that, but there's also the fact that like, it's been really cool to have, um, I think a really strong reputation with the podcast where people that might not normally do interviews, um, they are comfortable enough with me or, you know, the reputation that, that I've built to come on. And, you know, someone that comes to mind is like uh, Ryan, who plays in Gates to Hell, Constraint, and uh, does LDB Fest. He's not an interview person. But I, you know, not only bugged him enough to do it, um, but I felt like we had a, a certain style of conversation that was like he was comfortable with. And I feel very fortunate to be able to talk to him about what he does despite if he's like uh, a super outgoing person or not. So that's been really um, cool to, to kind of, you know, like I like to be, I kind of look at how I navigate who I interview as like a um, kind of one for me, one for them kind of mantra. And <laughs> so what I mean by that is thing. like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. know what's up. But yeah, it's like obviously, you know, to like continue to grow. I, I feel like there's a weird thing. Like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, I've been waiting for you to get Aaron from Jesus Peace on." It's like, like, uh, okay, like, is there this weird <laughs> expectation that like, like I know that there's guests that I've been hunting for like two years now, uh, and I would assume, and I know when I actually get those people and put it out, there will be those people who are like, oh, you think it's just as easy as hitting them in the DMs and them <laughs> saying, yeah, it's like, totally, totally, yep. There's message request purgatory, there's bands who are on tour, there's like, hey, I've done seven interviews and I have to chill out for a bit. Um, so I think it, at the end of the day, it boils down to like trying to hit people at like the right time and also just being super okay with someone saying no. Oh yeah, um, totally. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to say this dude's name cause I don't want to put him on blast. Um, but like there's been someone that I've wanted and still want to have on the podcast that I think it would be one of those things like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense that Spencer got so-and-so. And he's been totally transparent with me being like, yo, I've, I'm, I'm feeling a little burnt out when it comes to interviews. Like I just want to chill out for a bit. And I'm like, yo, there's always an open door if you want to do this. And even if in five years from now we see an interview, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm not like going to sour a potential relationship because someone wants or doesn't want to do the podcast. Um, so yeah, as far as like top interviews go, um, I feel like um, there's, Something, you know, so something that you might have noticed with how I do the podcast is like I've broken it up into like seasons. So every like hundred episodes is one season. And then it's like anything above that, like 101 to 199 is two or like season two. So we're like kind of at the tail end of season two at this point. Um, I really enjoy... Oh, and the reason I'm saying that is um, when I started season two, I was like very intentional about like a certain percentage of guests that I would reach out to again for an interview um, that I had on season one was only like 10%. Yeah. So it's like I would look at like the top episodes or just the people that I like genuinely enjoy talking to, whether they get the numbers that I am hoping for or not and have them back for like a, a round two. So definitely like people that I've had back for like round two would be like, you know, Anaya, uh, from Zulu, um, speaking with Brendan Murphy from counterparts and N multiple times has always been fun. Um, uh, Tyler again from inclination the year of the knife is just someone I generally like speaking with. So that's what that's, I'm trying to look at it that way where it's kind of like, Hey, uh, here's like a reoccurring, like, actual friend of the show that I want to bring on multiple times, but I feel like a standout interview. I think one that I really am happy with how it came together was, uh, my interview with Brian from knock loose. Um, you know, going back to like feeling nervous to like, <laughs> be interviewed or do an interview. I was definitely very nervous for his, but the fact that we got him so early for season two and how just 
easy to speak with he was um was like really really cool and it's you know our most popular podcast ever because you know not only the knock loose clout but just you know he's a good interviewer um i think another one that i'm really again this goes back to again my roots of growing up and seeing memes as like my first band getting to interview the singer his name is dylan um, was very full circle and very surreal for me of like being able to give my roses to the guy who like <laughs> scra- sc- screamed in the mic and that kind of put me on this path. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, again, it's something that I am super grateful for to be able to like, just be in the position to like to reach out to people that like, I am genuinely fans of and I'm inspired by myself or are just good friends with. And I can just have it um, as this like super awesome, like cool cast of characters to come on the show. So yeah, those, those would probably be the two that I would say. That's what's up. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that, man. I, I, I always feel such an authentic, I have always felt like such an authentic like vibe coming from, from scoped. And so I just wanted to ask you about that. And it's like, I relate to it so much. It's like the, you know, so similar to how I feel about, you know, being able to do interviews and and how it's like grown from, you know, me being kind of like hesitant to even ask anybody to like people, you know, it is such a good feeling when somebody's like, dude, that was like the easiest, chillest thing ever. Like, let me know if you ever want me to come back on the show. Um, Like, I really appreciate it. That was way that was like one of my favorite interviews I've done or something like that. You know, um, that, that that makes me feel, that makes me feel really good. And and then, yeah, to, to be able to interview people that I've really looked up to or bands that I see. And I'm just like, I love to see a band live that I've never really heard of or never really listened to. And I see them live and they just blow me away. And then I'll just like go up to them after and be like, yo, I do this radio show. If you guys ever want to do an interview, hit me up. And then like, and then I get to interview him. That's like one of my favorite things too. That's what happened with, uh, with denial of life. And and I was stoked about that. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's like, um, I've been a big fan of using the term lore when it comes to explaining hardcore things, because I think it's just like the world that you make when you're putting out content or you're collaborating with bands and all these things is like, it's so crazy because it's like, I went to the show, we met. Then you came on and did the radio interview and then like so-and-so heard it. And then you guys got this opportunity and then I got to have, like, it's just, yeah. the spider web is endless and it's like yep. super cool. Um, can I tell you one really funny podcast uh, story? Dude, please do. Yeah. Uh, and, and this isn't necessarily on the podcast, but I think the, I've underestimated the amount of like people that maybe know my voice and what it sounds like. So the very first like fest that we were filming after, you know, post pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people know about scoped only through the podcast and didn't know that we also film shows. And I was talking to someone, uh, you know, first day of the fest and I'm just talking to, you know, the couple friends. I was filming a fest in Northern California, uh, called Northern Alliance in Sacramento. And I was just like speaking to someone, just shooting shit or, oh, bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. And, um, 
and uh, someone tapped me on the shoulder, and they're like, I know your voice. Do you do a podcast? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I felt so embarrassed. They're like, yeah, I do. I do. It's like, oh, yeah, I listen to you all the time. And again, like, I'm super humbled that, like, anyone anywhere is, like, yeah, tuning in to, like, me interviewing a band or me and Jessa talking about, like, what we think about X thing that's happening in the hardcore scene. Um, but I do, I just think it's, like, super super awesome and if if again to 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 finish the the loop on this whole interview if even if one thing that i do per podcast or per set puts one new person on to knowing that there's a hardcore scene in western canada and we have cool bands and you know there's things like festivals and shows and people filming then i know that what i'm doing is worth it so um yeah, and it is just again, it's just weird to be like I've, I know your voice because I've listened to you so much. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, know, I hope I hope I have a good radio voice. I don't know. No, you do, man. No, it's that's um, that's happened to me a couple times recently. Not like recognizing voice, but just like like some like just you know talking to someone and then being like, oh, I'm like, they're like, oh, you do the are you do you do that radio show in Santa Barbara? And I'm like, oh yeah. They're like, dude, I listen to that like every week like it's so sick i love it so much and i'm just like i'm like wow thank you <laughs> that's like so blown away you know um yeah it's a cool feeling for sure but um all right man well unfortunately we are out of time but um i want to thank you so much for calling in the station and chopping it up with me and um the playlist of you know thanks for shedding so much light and talking about, um, you know, what's going on in, in the scene where you're at in Canada. I think it's really cool to hear that and important for that to be talked about. And, um, the playlist of all those bands will, will play right when this is over. If you're streaming this episode and, um, we'll have to link soon, dude, California oh, or dude. Canada, either, either I way. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hit you on the DM because I might be in California a little sooner than, uh, than you think. Uh, I don't know what part you're in, so maybe we could work something out. Um, before we rock the playlist, what was your favorite track? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Um, well, I really liked the in game track. Um, I would have to say, stop it. No, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'd have to say the shallow end, the shallow end song was mm -hmm. the shallow the the shallow end song was um was my favorite like i guess is hardcore um and then i really liked the cloaker song too but i'd have mm -hmm. to go with with the shallow end song i think that was my favorite i've like yeah so i'll just plug my my boys uh shallow end is a band on vancouver island so like literally literally the furthest west of Canada that you can imagine. Um, so I feel like they're kind of like the hidden gem. I saw them, they opened the pre-show of that fest, that swarm beating that I, that band that I mentioned. And I like literally was like, this band is amazing. I don't understand how you're playing. You're opening the pre-show because I think you should be closing it. Um, super yeah, sick. And uh, yeah, I think the whole playlist has a little bit of everything when it comes to like, the different subgenres and strains of, of 
you know, hardcore in a 2022 environment. So you got some adjacent stuff, you got some death metal stuff, you got some metalcore, some, uh, some youth crew stuff and, you know, a little bit of everything in between. So again, I really appreciate, uh, you having me on this. I wish that we could go a little bit longer, but maybe we can do a part two in the future or something. This was really, really fun, man. Thanks for having me. For sure. No doubt. Have a good rest of your Thursday evening. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace, bro. All right. Peace. Reason from Change, Imminent, Power Looming from Trench, S-I-N from Shallow In, Firewalls Collide from Flashback, 95 from Cloaker, Concrete Wasteland from Snake Pit A-B, Discreetly Shadowed Beneath by a Morning Star, The Death of Youth by Meantime, Ease Yourself Back Into Consciousness by Serration and Hourglass from Endgame. Shit's up! Shit's up!
these people. I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives.